You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part one of my conversation with Thomas Rochester, all about the soul and spirituality and some kind of the concepts of our own reality. It's a very, very deep conversation, but I had great fun doing it. So as I mentioned, it is part one of a part two conversation. The full conversation was over two hours long. So all Patreon supporters already have access to both parts in one release. Whereas on this feed, you'll get access to part two next week. So this deep existential conversation stemmed from myself and Thomas speaking on one of the recent Ahsoka discussion shows. And therefore, we start to kind of spin out a little bit on existentialism and those sort of things. So I thought it would be a great opportunity for us to discuss that in one full podcast. So if you want more details on what Thomas does, there are links in the description. And he also mentions a handful of books as well as some other stuff, which I have also put in the description. I've done quite a few other conversations about spirituality and concepts like that. Recently, I've done conversations with Radhika Rao, who is a Buddhist. So we kind of touch upon some of these concepts from a Buddhist perspective. So please check those out if you haven't already. And also on my YouTube channel, you can go to the religion and spirituality playlists and you can check out all the other conversations I have done there. There will be a video version of this conversation released next week. So make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash genuine chit chat so you don't miss out on that. And then you can check out all the other episodes of genuine chit chat if you haven't already. But friends, that's going to be enough from me at the moment because I'm currently on holiday with Megan at the Lake District, so I may or may not release a Patreon episode on that, we shall see. But that's why the audio may sound a smidge different in this intro because I'm using my handheld recorder. So I'm not going to do an outro here, so next week will just be part two of my conversation with Thomas, and then also all my Patreon supporters will get a bonus episode next week as well. But I've got some very fun conversations lined up as we near the end of 2023, so make sure you subscribe to this very feed, and obviously check out YouTube and follow me at Genuine Chit Chat, and you can be kept up to date with everything I'm up to. Anyway, enough ramble from me, so thank you as always for tuning in, my friends. I'll talk to you next week with my conversation with Thomas, but for now, here is part one of my conversation with Thomas Rochester. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people, and I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are for another conversation, but this time it's with an individual who has been on this feed before, but hasn't actually specifically been on Genuine Chit Chat in a normal setting, because you are the guest or you are the the individual on the internet uh, that I've spoken to the most amount of times, but not in the way I normally would. Normally I speak to them on Genuine Chit Chat and then I guest with them on other stuff. But with you, my friend... Because of your podcast, Reckless Rebellion, you and I have been on um, at least three discussion shows together, uh, and or episode 11, uh, Ahsoka episode 5 more recently, and Mandalorian, um, it was season 3 episode 4. So we've been talking about Star Wars for well over a year across the internet, and then we spoke about Ahsoka recently, and we started off a three, nearly three hour long conversation on interpretations (laughs) of an Ahsoka episode and all kinds of stuff that happened in that. We went in such a deep dive in that at the start about another world, like a world between worlds kind of concept and the soul and a book you're reading and things. I thought it's just a good time to get you on the show so that we can, although we're united by Star Wars, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in the background to talk about. So just before we delve into that, just to hold for, we're at the edge of the, the roller coaster, about to tip over the edge. But just yeah. before we go down, what, what introduce yourselves to anyone who hasn't listened to those Star Wars um, conversations. Like, who are you, Thomas? this very to start off this deep conversation what a great question who are any of us that mm. that is like that is that could tip me over the top but i'll mm-hmm. like hold on to the e-break really fast <laughs> uh 
My name is Thomas Carter Rochester. I am a, oh my God, what do I do? I'm an actor, an engineer, a podcaster, an ethereal being stuck in a mortal body. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, mm, philosophy. I don't know, theology. I don't know. Uh, don't really know how to describe what i'm a fan of that uh, deep intellectual emotional conversations the why are we alive those kind of topics the ethereal maybe that's the mm. word i'm thinking of and the esoteric i love a good interpretation so i grew up uh in panama city florida and i had a very trying childhood as a very that worked out well that uh, sounds better than some other people might put it so I learned very fast in the world and my soul has been stuck in my physical body with memories dating back to six months old. Um, some might call it the Tourette's. I call it the uh, physical trauma that comes from birth. It's a very scary time in the 90s. I don't know if you know this. Uh, we had like a Bush as a president here in America, but it wasn't that Bush. It was the other Bush. There was too many Bush, too much Bush going on at the time. A lot of Bush in the 90s. I'm looking at you, Bill Clinton. Um, so <laughs> so I uh, grew up with my own kind of viewpoint of the world. Um, and because of my dad fighting that I like, I said I didn't want to go to church. So I wasn't forced to go to church growing up. Allowed me to kind of create my own spiritual beliefs, pick and pull from different things, find what feels right. And, um, you know, I... I I push back on some things that people of various religions say afterlife. Cause I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, you die and your soul is staying in one place forever. That mathematically doesn't make sense. How does your soul grow from there? Right. So that's kind of how I've always viewed it. Um, and then of course people are like, well, when you die, if you don't do good enough things, you go to hell or you go to limbo. And I'm like, I mean, what? what is that, good yeah That's what it. is it's none of us are good in that case like we're all sinners man like don't don't get me started on that trope mm. of life but so i i have grown into this very deep under deep viewpoint i guess understanding is a little bit stronger word of the world and uh done various studies on studies readings on the soul afterlife psychic powers um you know how everybody is connected esp etc etc um nothing like diving into mk ultra oh yeah and, with the acid programs and stuff yeah All that crazy no. stuff the drug yeah. conspiracy uh, this is not going to delve into a conspiracy podcast but the, the two conspiracies i believe in is that when Kennedy got shot, it wasn't just Lee Harvey Oswald um, involved. And then, which is not, that's that's like a very mainstream cons um, yeah. conspiracy theory. But also the, the war on drugs is just nonsense. Like the more you delve into it with the whole stuff with like cocaine transporting with Pablo Escobar and a lot of the people from the uh, Central and South Americas and like all of that kind of stuff. And as you've mentioned, the MK Ultra program and LSD and all those things like America literally just bought the world's LSD to test it on primarily, you know, mentally handicapped individuals and things things like that and it's like all kinds of darkness going in around the drug war so i'm like that whole thing when you find out why cannabis was made illegal it was because some guy who had a um, newspaper i can't remember what his name was it was all about realizing that hemp was actually so much more valuable and easier to grow and you could get so much more out of it and he owned lots of money in paper so he used his newspaper yeah. like spread a smear campaign and it's all the like when you look into the the history of a lot of it 
and like crack cocaine and how that was used against uh, a lot of people of color, like all these different things. It's a massive conspiracy. But oh, yeah. those those depths, which I do want to delve into at some point in this podcast, so maybe I'll hit you up with uh, the kind of depths of the drug war because that kind of stuff is mental. But <laughs> going beyond that, I will also apologize to our listeners and our video uh, watchers, viewers. Um, I've got a bit of a cold. You may be able to hear the grizzleness in my voice and the disheveled look of me. It's because I'm getting over a cold and I'm knackered. But um, I've coffeed up. I'm pushing through and chewing, chewing gum. So sorry if there's mouth noises. Um, but I'll edit them out where I can. Um, but we are going to delve in where to some things that Thomas here has touched upon. And it's really just a real deep existential conversation, I suppose, you know, about anything in kind of this realm. It's probably going to be, we'll probably do more of these. I can't imagine that we're going to talk in, in an hour and a half or so, we're going to speak about an un- every single concept <laughs> that's ever existed. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, May I ask, this is probably a good jumping off point. Um, so for me, myself, I've found this personally. My answer to the question I'm about to ask you would be yes. Um, but do you find that your enjoyment of Star Wars and your enthusiasm for it, uh, I don't know why I said enthusiasm so weirdly, your enthusiasm for it is connected with some of the spiritual beliefs within the Star Wars universe? Like I've found myself, as I've gotten older, the, certain concepts within the Force, not necessarily the ability to move things um, with your mind necessarily, but it's like, well, if you transfer energy th- throughout the air particles in a certain way, could it be theoretically possible? In theory, but not the human body can generate that kind of thing. Like that little kind of quirk aside, more so we're all energy, we're all beings of light, we're all connected. It's all just energy at the end of the day. Like those sort of concepts and that oneness, that's something that I know Star Wars has taken a lot from Buddhism and a lot of other religions. But did you find yourself connected with Star Wars on a deeper level because of those elements? And if so, when you kind of found that, was it early on or was it kind of later in your enjoyment of Star Wars? Like, do those things connect with you at all? They absolutely do connect. I've always, I mean, who, first off, who hasn't wanted to just wield the force just to pull the remote closer to, mm-hmm. to, you know, you'd be like, oh, my drink's so far away. Ah, yeah. Or, you know, like throw a lightsaber around your house and pull it back to you like a boomerang. Who doesn't want to do all of those fun things in the safety of their own home? Um, but as I don't really know when it kind of popped in to my head, I guess. I guess it really connected the hardest in my twenties after college. Um, there were, there was a lot of stuff that I would think about growing up and because of society, you know, as a, as a little kid, I was like, Oh, it's totally possible. Of course you could do that. And I'm like, but I don't understand how to explain how it's possible. And like you were talking about, we can break it down scientifically all you want. But at the end of the day, everything's vibrations. If you can match the energy, well, it's like flash phasing through a building. You just have to match the exact vibrational frequency to make something slip through the cracks, if you will, because we have nothing but space in between every single atom. It, it, we're, we're more space than we are solids. So and with that in mind, like it's totally easy. You just have to shift it just ever so slightly to make something like that happen. Um, after... My grandma died. She died a week after I graduated college. Uh, I ended up just drinking a lot, as one does. Uh, and then once I started smoking weed for a couple years to like delve a little deeper into my psyche, I was like, you know, I like randomly just started remembering all these little things that I think about as a kid. And I'm like, wow, that's weird that it came back. Like, that's cool. Like, it helped me heal a lot, you know. Um, and then the Force Awakens came out in 2015, and 
by that point, I'd already started making some connection. Um, I think I'd rewatched everything and was like, wow, okay, so A, I totally misunderstood Luke's lesson in Return of the Jedi. I remember the line, your hate makes you powerful and your anger gives you strength. And then I played football for nine years with that mantra in my mind. So <laughs> it was a very um, dark side user when it came to playing football, even though I loved playing football, I just harnessed it for the team, if you will. Um, just like Anakin Skywalker. What a guy, loser. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I ended up um, like really finding the zone in college, doing more workouts, becoming a trainer, yoga. Once I started taking yoga, I started recognizing things of the meditation side of Star Wars, of the light side. You know, um, the meditation brings peace. It brings clarity. It calms your nerves. And I could get into all the science that I've researched when it comes to your breath and your nervous system and your, you know, the way that you're able to calm yourself down with exhaling more than inhaling. And people get that, I think, backwards sometimes. It's like, and it's like, no, 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 you got to do it the other ways. And it has a total reversing effect to your nervous system. Um, the inhale is pumping on the gas. And the exhale is pumping on the brake for your nervous system is the best way it's been explained to me. So coming out of that, I've decided to look more into the esoteric things. And I came across a book called the source field investigations. And I was just reading. It. I was like, hmm, you know, like at the time, if I'm not mistaken, I was trying to find a book on vibrational frequencies to try and theor uh, to like work on a theory for time travel because I would thought about it. I had a few dreams um, that it was all possible. All you had to do was hit the right vibrational frequency to break through the time space barrier and all that. Uh, and I found the book called the source field investigations. And one of the many things it said in there is like the Akashic records, this, that, the other, this, that like list off all these different things. And the Akashic records I learned from, uh, ancient aliens. Of course, they talked about that, how there's this infinite stream of information flying in from space at all times through radiation, vibrational frequencies, etc. Um, and that the astrology, you know, astrology back in the day was really meant to measure the, to define the energy that's coming in and out of the world at a certain point. Um, and in this book, it kind of ties that in with the Mayan calendar, what 26,000 years actually stands for. Um, and in it, you know, in the little back thing of the book, it was talking about ways to view what the source field is and what you could call it. And one of the things was like the force from Star Wars. And I was like, well, you've piqued my interest officially. Like I was already interested, but I was like, well, now you have the nerd in me, like hooked to learn how to use the force. Um, and the more I read about that book, like read in that book, it just opened my mind to something totally insane. Like one of my favorite little anecdotes is a the guy who made the lie detector test, the polygraph test, excuse me. He had it hooked up. I don't remember how he got to this, but he had like did something and saw a reaction. He was confused. So he was like, well, let me hook it up to this plant and see what happens if I decide to break it. Right. Cause he noticed, I, just, I don't remember what it was hooked up to, but he saw a um, similar correlation of like a spiked heart rate in the vibrations that it was uh, registering. So he hooked it up to a plant, started tearing it. And as soon as he would tear it, it would spike. And then he's like, hmm. So he tried a bunch of different things, including eggs. Um, he would hook it up to eggs on the counter 
And eventually, eventually he got to this point and he would take an egg and put it in the boiling water. And as soon as the hit the boiling water, the ones on the counter would panic. It, in, a, in essence, with the vibrational frequency. But if he would thank it and give it love and gratitude before putting it into the water, it would be less. So it's like, oh, we are connected to this thing that is quote unquote inanimate, even though it came from a living being. And it is energy. If you want to say, oh, well, food is not it. What energy is it going to give you? Uh, I don't know, dummy, like the kind that fuels the body, that kind of energy. And so we're all connected in that way. And it brought me into the, you know, and immediately I'm like, we are one with the force. All things are connected through the force. And they go to this, he goes to the lengths of having someone spit in a jar. Um, and then he has the ability to like some electrodes and he plugs it in. And cause he's done DNA tests by this point of various types, like, okay, this plug some electrodes in. And they synchronize watches and then dude flies all the way to San Diego and he, the, uh, the polygraph guy measures, we'll call him guy a, cause I don't remember the names guy a measures the time stamps where stuff spiked. And then he talked to him after he got home and he's like, all right, so at this time what happened? He goes, Oh, I, my baggage was missing on the carousel and they had to go find it really quick. And I was almost late for my flight and, Oh, I got, stuck in traffic on the tram because it almost broke down like all these little things that would express stress and what it comes down to is about 24 to 72 hours our dna is still energetically energetic interject energetically we got there dyslexia energetically connected to our body so if i were to spit in a jar, that spit would be connected to me on an energetic frequency uh, for up to 24 hours, right? Or maybe a, I'm saying up to 24. I think that's what it was, but he might have extended it in the book. I should reread it because I don't remember the exact numbers and my OCD brain doesn't like that. So, Well, I like the concept there and I want to add in sort of – I've never heard that concept before and it's, it's interesting in that individual. I think I'd need more testing to fully uh, – get on board with everything uh, that has been said there. However, there is a part of me that's like, well, I know for a fact that living cells have uh, a line with something called the circadian rhythm and mm -hmm. our bodies have got that. And I wonder like if you spit, you know, the amount of bacteria that is on your body and, you know, the whole concept of what makes you, you, because there's like trillions of bacteria, like the part of you, including inside your gut and your gut is part of the end is connected to the enteric nervous system, which literally affects your body and your moods as much as your brain does. And so it's yeah. like what you eating and things. It's why it's, it's a huge whole thing, but it's like, all these different bacteria and the things on your skin, the skin biome, you know, and all what your gut biome and all these things, you're made up of just billions and trillions of cells. And it's like these cells are connected because they make you, you, you know, the skin cells know to make skin cells. You know, I assume stem cells play a sort of a part in certain elements. But when the building blocks of your body are formulated, it's like, you know, bones make blood and then that goes through this and things slowly just heal themselves and everything's kind of connected to you. you. And it's like, well, if you spat, some amount of your because you can spit and they can use that in like uh tests can't they in the medical mm -hmm. tests they can use what you you spit to test if you're ill or things like that because there's bacteria that you've spat in there so it's like in theory so if there's enough bacteria in your spit that you've spat out that was create homogenized i think created in your system then who's to say it wouldn't be able to have some degree of 
connection you know i think the distance would be a part of it that is the part that's hardest for me to believe in a sense of if he was in the same room and he spat in a jar and they did something then i'd be like okay there's you know a closeness there how far it goes i think i would need more testing on that but the ground level of the idea that kind of delves into what makes you you and then your cells how do they operate you know they're connected to your brain in some ways but you know the saliva in your mouth isn't connected to your brain it's it's like refuse it's like the skin cells that come off you in a sense there's like what is it that is you in itself i suppose and i i imagine that the question that star wars says is the force so you're everything you know there's the soul is a concept you know i quite like the idea we're all just energy beings but in just meat wagons yeah you know it's, it's just a thing where and it's like your memories and who you are are just electrical signals they're just made out of electricity and energy in your brain that's what's powering you so it's like you are made from electricity you are made from energy when you eat things it's got a different type of dormant energy in that you know what these inanimate things could be connected to other things because they've come from that thing and then when mm-hmm. you start zooming out like if a, a big like a magnifying glass a, a microscope rather zooming out and things you go okay well we all came from the earth you know all of the humans on earth they are grown from humans on earth who are breathing in earth's air who are eating earth's food meat or uh, greens and you know various other things in between and it's like you have been made on this thing so we are all in a sense organisms connected to the earth so if the earth can feel something could we then feel something and i know there's theories about that and then Mm. you delve deeper into that and it's like well the earth is made from the same stuff the rest of our solar system is and then you zoom out again and it's like all the solar systems made out of everything else and you kind of do the big bang kind of if if one subscribes to that main theory which i do of just we're all one kind of point that's microscopically small and then it just you know it happened and then it all Mm. happens and i think it gets to the end and then it stops and then just redoes it all again it kind of absorbs it all back in and then just starts again it's just this infinite loop but if i rewind it all the way back just to the soul and that concept because you mentioned about your sort of your spirituality and your sort of religious not not quite aversions in some ways but you were intrigued by them but you didn't sort of delve fully into any one and i myself i went to um, a catholic primary school so in that'd be year or grade it's kindergarten to like six i'd say um so i left around when i was 10 ish 10 11 years old i think um i was catholic my parents neither of them are especially religious um and so i did that and it made me have lots of questions about religion and it left a bad taste in my mouth for lots of different reasons um there's no like abuse or anything from me it was just like i asked questions and i'd be like shut down quite a lot and i wanted to try this the the little bits of bread cracker thing and try some of the wine but they wouldn't let me unless they did my first holy communion to try and push me into the religion it's it's things like that which i wasn't a fan of when i kind of came out and i was asking a lot of questions and things so i then learned about some of the horrors that have been caused by religion in the world over the you know uh, millennia and that kind of made me withdraw a lot from it and then only my 20s sort of around the time my dad got ill and later passed away i then delved into things um i too was consuming um intoxicants shall we say to kind of deal with the loss of my dad uh, 10 years (laughs) ago a variety of them um and in that i did find before that i was kind of opening the door in a way to kind of Mm -hmm. learning more about you know being more open to things my dad wasn't religious but he always thought he had a guardian angel he always described him as an indian man who was just there at certain major points in his life and there's like certain weird things that happened after my dad died that is i can't really explain that are really peculiar things i think i've said in the podcast before um so people if veteran listeners will know um but like 
I delved into that realm and I kind of then started dabbling more into religion a bit more. I was, I was more intrigued by that. And that's what I've kind of been doing with my podcast. So with you and yourself, how your kind of connection with religion and connecting with spirituality and the soul as a kind of core middle idea, what do you think about all that? That's a hard question. Uh, cause it, it is. Was, <laughs> Cause there's like three separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess really I, I went from inside out is how I've always done it. Uh, as a natural introvert, I gained my energy from taking care of me. I had to learn early on that only I can take care of me. Um, did it uh, Did it stick right away? No, you know, I'm just learning what self-care actually is. And it's not just like a, a fancy term that everyone told me to do for years. I just never understood what it was. Um, until I was like 27 and then I was like, okay, well this is self-care. And then I'm like, as I got older, I'm like, that's actually self like sabotage. You're just watching TV instead of doing the dishes, you loser. Um, so as I've gotten a little bit older since then, it's only been like five years. Uh, it's, it's grown to understand what self-care is. So inside out, um, source field really started me. That book had another book. Um, called the synchronicity key. And in that I've always, like, I've always had prophetic visions, uh, prophetic dreams, visions, etc. Um, in that book, it talks about the pineal gland and that the pineal gland is theorized to be what holds the soul. Um, and people think that it's too small to hold the soul. And I would say based on some of my readings that it's, arguably we're only arguably they say we what we only use 10 percent of our brains i think it's more because we only use like 10 percent of our souls or 10 percent of our souls on earth so it's a concept that i think slightly changed i think that's um, a myth the 10 percent brain thing just to interject yeah. um that sort of concept oh, yeah. of you only using 10 percent of your brain i think it's normally like 80 or 90 percent most of the time mm-hmm. but i i do there are ele- the parts of the brain that i use not as much i will say and i've heard about yeah. the pineal gland as well to be honest so sorry to railroad you for that but no, sorry, continue. so uh they talk about the soul um like you legitimately it's um only part of our soul comes to earth in our body the rest of it's out in the ethereal world which is why sometimes you just have like an intuition like i gotta go do this mm-hmm. like i need to not drive down this road today because something bad might happen and then you find out there was a wreck there right keeping it very simple um not the complex shit i've had where i've gone through multiple past lives and had horrible tragedies happen it's it's traumatic so once I do, kind of learned about the pineal gland and the soul and dove more into meditation and trying to connect with the earth um, and the world around me and the people, um, then I kind of opened myself up because I was just, I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't religious. I opened myself up to spirituality um, and I just pulled from everything. If I If it felt right, I pulled it in. And if it felt wrong, I was like, no, that just doesn't that doesn't make sense on a spiritual level. Like, why would that be a thing? Like it didn't make sense. Um, and really found karma to be the big, big thing. One of the things that the book talked about too, is that, um, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true. I'm not a theologist. I don't know how to verify this information. The, in like 550 AD, Constantine, the first kicked out two cardinals from the, uh, I guess it would have been Catholics. I don't know. Um, 
or maybe it was just early Christianity. Anyways, he kicked out two cardinals, changed the rules, pulled in two guys and started politicizing religion, the Christianity religion. Um, and allegedly at that point forward was the creation of hell. So that because remind you, this is like the fall of the Roman Empire, like 100 years away from the official collapse or something, maybe 200. The official collapse, like we're done, we're disbanded. These are breaking up into different regions like the USSR did back in 1991, 1990, 89, one of those years. Um, that wasn't a lot. So uh, once that happened, um they were going down that hill. They wanted to create the fear of God instead of the fear of your government. Cause if you fear the government, you can fight back. But if you fear God, you can't fight back. And that's kind of something that they talked about in this book. And I was like, you know, that's really interesting. They say the fires of hell and they's like, but in older text, it was the fires of the soul or something, which is really karmic debt. It was like a lot of the, you will go to hell talk was really just all about karmic debt. Don't know if that's true never really read all the bible i just i read the book of revelations it was very revealing um <laughs> to say the least uh and you know i recently i decided to talk to a friend of mine and i've accepted jesus into my heart but i don't subscribe specifically to just christianity um because uh, it's it's more of a i believe in one god one creator I don't like to say it's a male or female, a him or a her. It's the creator. It's the force. It's the universe. There's been a lot of different words I've attributed to quote unquote God, whatever you want to. And I'm trying to focus on utilizing one term. Um, I still struggle. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you, universe. Thank you, force. Thank you, Yahweh out of nowhere. And I'm like, why did I use the Yahweh? I'm not even like, that's, that's left field, sir. Um, but I've accepted, you know, Jesus in my heart and try and change it because like it's the one of those things of the love of the creator is what we're made from. Right. That's that's uh, one of the. Um, theories out there is that the creator sent love down onto Earth and because of the soil of the earth, love and the soil made us. There's a lot of different versions of that. Kind of creationist theory dating back to like humans were made of clay from uh the greeks and shit like that so when i zoom in to the to the internal the soul it's like really small really microscopic and then it's like okay go even smaller and then go into the brain waves the electricity that you're talking about then you look at the synapses well if you zoom out far enough into the universe the universe, as far as we've mapped it out, looks like what? A brain synapse. So perhaps we're just one of those tiny little molecular bacteria inside of a greater, larger being that we can't even fucking fathom. And inside of us is another living, breathing entity on a molecule that it just happens to be a planet. And that's like the that's one of those things where people are like, you know, going back to I think you asked if we're all one God. Like we're all the same being that's been on earth and we're all just put in at different points in our soul's life. Um, that first, that concept I first heard listening to logic's album, everybody actually highly recommend it. It is an incredibly existential album. I listened to it at a very existential time while reading these books and diving into my soul and the spirituality. Um, and, uh, 
it's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, I created this for you. Like you are every human being that has ever or will ever exist. Like that's one of the keys that he put into that book. I don't know where or book, excuse me, album. Don't know where he got that concept. But when I heard that, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense, because if we are all of that, then it's likely that we're all the same being that is the brain synapse that is our mapped out universe. And everyone talks about the microscopic and the macroscopic. Well, if you look at the solar system or space itself, it's just atoms. It's just mm -hmm. molecules. And as a, as a science guy, I've always loved science. I love molecules. <laughs> so I don't know if that answered your question in any way, shape, or no, form. No, it, it did. It did very well. And it leads me on to being able to say uh, other things I want to mention, which was, are we all God? You know, I threw that out there early on. Um, oh, I think I spoke before we pressed record. I kind of ran through a couple of bullet points of just key things of interest. The idea of us all being God, I'm not saying I came, I was the first person to come up with this, but I have thought about this independently, at least to my knowledge. I may have been told this, someone might know me and may have told me when I was 12 and I haven't mm -hmm. remembered it, but the idea that... I, again, I go through into things in a scientific perspective, you know, because of my jarring uh, relationship with Christianity slash Catholicism when I was younger, and then I learned about the Holy Wars atrocities and lots of these other things, and I studied religious studies in college as well. When I learned about a lot of the restrictive things and elements I didn't like about religion, um, that kind of made me, as I said, a bit jaded towards religion, um, and I became like a, a proper atheist, and I... We'll just say you when you die, nothing happens. That's it. Done. Easy. Um, and the more I've looked into it, when you actually delve deeper into the scientific side of things, that's when it gets a bit harder. Because the key thing that everyone's heard this before quoted, but it's energy is never lost, is only ever redirected. You can't destroy energy. It just gets converted to something else. Mm -hmm. So that concept, just without thinking about anything else, you just think about that one concept, which is one of the core concepts of how we understand physics. Like literally, that's how that's one of the core building blocks of rules of physics. And once you understand that, it's like, well, we are all then all made from each other and all it's everything that exists is all made from the same thing. You know, and you delve deeper into that, you talk about atoms and, you know, the, how suns work and how energy actually works and the transference of all that stuff. But like my dad used to say when we were younger, um, when I was younger, he was like, uh, we all kind of have a part of us that is Mozart because mm. he died so long ago and he just got eaten into the ground and by the, the animals, you know, the bugs ate him and then the birds ate the bugs and then da da da. And he's like, well, over uh, Mozart, his atoms that w were him is just in the air. It's just, it's become one with the earth. It was, you know, hundreds of years ago. And it's like when you think about even other people in history, it's like eventually they just, at least a part of them would be in some way in the air you know it's just a bird is going to eat a worm at some point or an animal is going to eat an insect at some point that has eaten the corpse or the decaying matter of a a, a dead person of interest in the world or a plant is going to grow out of that and then something is going to eat something from the plant or eat the plant itself like eventually over time something is going to consume it and it's going to spread and if you think about that concept with everything it it all shows that we're all connected in that way so then I was thinking about the idea of God and I believe that the entirety of nature, I don't believe there's one creator pulling the strings um, because I think that 
everything in nature is even you know the, the circle of life you know again i bring it back really simple stuff we learned in like when we we're really young in school you know trees grow then they die the mulch you know gives food for the creature the bottom etc etc grows more and it's just a cycle and you look through that of everything on earth that works and everything in like solar systems and theories on the the universe it's all just use up loads and loads of energy and eventually just stop and die and then other stuff kind of consume that and turn that into energy and it just does that cyclically and i think there being a being outside of that doesn't in my mind make that last equation balance and so i think kind of in line with what you said which is um i've heard about the the galaxy looking like brain cells but i've not made that connection specifically of just all of us are made from the same being and all of our connective consciousnesses together that's what god actually is that's the whole that all of our consciousnesses feed into something because in in a really really visual i try and explain this in different ways for the different kind of learners but like a very visual way i think of this is that god is just kind of the universe uh, in a way with a spotlight in a sense kind of or very a whole billions of spotlights trillions and every human whatever they're looking at on earth is what god can see through us and so every experience that we're having, every person we're talking to, every single anything you're even looking at and your brain is processing, all of that is being fed into this other thing that's made from all of us and it's just feeding in experience and life. And that's kind of all existence is. It's just kind of having your perspective on whatever's kind of in front of you in a way. You can just decide what goes there. And that just kind of concept of us all being connected and being, we are the God and then when we die, the matter that made us the fragment of the consciousness just gets put in something else. And there's just this infinite number of consciousnesses that can kind of get made. Some are trees, some are dogs, some are us, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of thing. That's it's almost like you read this book called Journey of uh, Journey of Souls, because that's one of the things they do talk about is, um, you know, every every soul that exists, because what they talk about is the soul can't die. Mm hmm. The, the body, the body dies, but the energy of the soul cannot die it because um, it can't be created or destroyed, at least in how we understand physics. But it was created from another being, right? In the way that our bodies were created from other beings. Parents. And so it's just kind of, yeah, parents. So it kind of comes to this, eventually the tippy top, the creator, the God, uh, however you want to uh, frame it. And the reason they created us was to learn and learn, learn more about themselves and um, like, I'm trying to remember if the book mentions spread love, but that's just, it could just be me projecting that onto there. And so in the book, he, he puts people into super hypnosis or uh, super conscious states through hypnosis and is able to take them far enough back between, you know, they, he used to do past life regressions. And then one day he got them into a point where they're talking about, oh, yeah, I'm like falling to earth. He's like, what do you mean? Oh, is this a dream? He's like, no, this is before I was born into this body. And he's like, whoa. And so that started his research. And it comes down to um, he would always ask questions but like, how can the creator be all knowing but still learning from you? And they said, well, all knowledge, there's an infinite amount of knowledge on earth alone. So how can one being ever consume all that knowledge and every planet and every universe, uh, every, every planet in the universe and the solar system, et cetera. How can, how can one being know all of that without having people out there learning it? Right. It's like, it, best way to describe it is 
delegated us down to learn all of these different things through experience so it could learn about itself more in the same way that we do things. We go on experiences, trips, do hard things to learn about ourselves. That is us helping the creator learn. And so that is the energy transference. They're not like pulling strings. They're there like, all right, I made you. I need you to teach me type of thing like uh you know the student becomes the master type thing is the kind of how i always attribute it and that's the that's the cyclical nature there it makes us it teaches us things from its knowledge and experience and then when we have knowledge and experience we turn around and go back to our village and the um and uh the uh hero's journey of our lives and go back to our village and give our wisdom out and then it starts a new journey and that's kind of how it is looked upon and our souls um when the body dies it goes back to this life between lives where it kind of does the same thing it assesses the soul learns more from this life and how it compares to the past lives right and then has to get to a point of acceptance and growth um there was another thing you said that i really wanted to touch upon and i'm like blanking on it right now because i was it was going to tie into all of that good stuff Oh, man. That's what happens when you the go perception, deep. When you, the perception of like trying to experience the perception of everything as well as the knowledge yes. of everything. Exactly. Right. So, and that always, that, that specific thing is tied into, I'm trying to remember, it might be a Christian thing. Because um, again, I'm not super religious. Um, and it's like God's eyes are always, like you see through God's eyes. Mm-hmm. Or God sees through our eyes or something. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you do things right, you can see things through God's eyes. And it comes down to, are you able to put aside your human form and go to your spiritual form? And we are all one God. That's what it was. So we're all, um, it's the children of God thing. And, you know, we're all sons and daughters of, of God. That's what Christianity always says. I'm pretty sure other religions have some kind of form of that. And so we are literally, our soul is created from a fragment of the highest soul above us that is learning about itself through us. And when we get to a certain level, let me put it, let me put it in Christianity terms. There's God and then he's got his angels, right? And then those angels work miracles and magics. There was Jesus and there were his disciples. Jesus worked the magic and they, the disciples helped spread the message of love and forgiveness. What our souls um, are doing is growing up those levels. Like we're the disciples right on earth. We go into the afterlife. We have the ability to become a mentor and guide other souls to being eventually slowly climb up, you know, various levels, unknown amount. And they talk about creating universes, creating other living beings as a soul. So, um, I'm sorry, not other universes, other worlds. And it might be a small, tiny little planet. And like, you'd make many solar systems because you don't have the enough energy to craft a full size solar system to kind of give you an idea of how much climbing you do. Um, there's like seven levels that the guys mapped out, quote unquote. And he's like, and after that, I have no idea what they do because n- none of them are on earth. I can't talk to those souls because 
they've evolved past the point of incarnation in a third dimensional world, and they live on a plane that we can't even fathom. I like to call it the fourth dimensional plane, where they are literally beings of light that travels through probably Einstein Rosen bridges, um, because time is not a boundary to them like it is here on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as you keep climbing, what are you doing? You're learning and you're growing, and then you teach that forward. And basically what you're doing is now you're teaching other souls how to do the same thing and experience something in a different way. Example, I like to use the football analogy, American or footy. You go to a game, how many people are in that stadium? Could be a hundred thousand. Each and every one of you have a different visual perspective. You have someone who's sitting right next to you. Very similar, but the degree of difference is, I'd call a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a degree. Um, so it might be 0. 0.00025 degrees angled viewpoint down. Other side of the stadium has 180 degree viewpoint difference. Our emotions color the viewpoint as well and color our perspective. So we can all watch the exact same game but we can have vastly different experiences from the game, even though the factual information of the statistics and what happened in the game, some of it is very much debated. That's why we don't like zebras. Um, not the species, just the jobs. <laughs> just to be clear out there, I don't hate the species of zebras. Referees. I, I do hate the referees zebras though. Um, it's just one of those things that I'll never get past as a competitor. So, that game is a beautiful microscopic view of the universe itself. And you can say that the stadium itself is God in this example, where it is experiencing this game through hundreds of thousands of perspectives, the people on the field, the people in the stands, the people working at the stadium, the security guards, the parking people outside. It's a tiny microscopic universe. And everything that I've read it, when you extrapolate it up, that's basically what, life is mm -hmm. except it's a little less competitive as far as i've understood and you know what's funny and quite messed up about that thought um is that i don't necessarily disagree or agree with um, that line of thinking but what's entertaining is that you could just argue that's actually an artificial intelligence and that's ev evidence of simulation theory mm. um, which is a theory that i think is always fun to throw in here uh, just on the basis that it could be real but if it is real it makes no difference to my life so it's not as fun it's one of those just it's kind of like oh is it or isn't it? it it makes no difference if it is or isn't there's not like a real a, a, i feel like with simulation theory there's not far you can go with it it's almost like no this is kind of the, here's the here's the theory and that's that's almost it. Whereas I think with a lot of the other philosophical and existential theories, is more like wiggle room to have your own in, in sort of interpretation of it. I suppose you can figure out who is putting the simulation together and those kind of things. But it was just funny when you're describing that. I was like, yeah, that does sound like a super being. But who's to say it was? You know, as you as that I do, you said that like, it could be just another person, and it's just a microscopic thing in their brain, and you go subatomic, and it kind of repeats itself, or it could be a giant being that we don't understand. You know, I think there's one. Um, I think is it Discworld, um, where they're on the back of a giant uh, space turtle. I don't know if that is Discworld or if that's something else, but there's like a, a universe on the back of a giant turtle in space. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. similar to the. Uh... This is from a show, What We Do in the Shadows, a vampire who grew up mm -hmm. in Alcanodar, uh, talks about the giant world turtle, and we're all living on the back of a turtle. And yeah. like, yeah, it's very similar to that. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a ju- that giant world turtle is the that's kind of that's the joke because it's also in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. There's a joke about it in there as well. Um, but you know, with the idea like with the idea of there being a god and stuff, it's like I've my issue with it has always been the issues and the constrictions that come along with it because of the doctrine. Not necessarily there's some sort of being, but it's it's when it's always like it's God's plan. Or it's like God has decided mm. to do this or God has decided not to do that. Now, I, don't, I think there is a benefit to praying in the same sense of when you write a gratitude journal, when you meditate and use certain practices while meditating. I don't use these practices when I meditate, but I use just purely breathing exercises and things. But the idea of once you, once you vocalize what it is that you want in the world, it makes it mm. easier to attain because you can kind of, instead of being this strange kind of ambiguous thought in your mind that's not something concise that's easy to think about you can't really grasp it when it's this just blob of thought when you actually say it because you pray or you do some other sort of form of vocal and spiritual exercise it makes you realize it so i'm like i don't necessarily believe there is a god in that sense but i think that there are benefits to believing in certain elements of that but for me what i've kind of done i think is similar to yourself i have extracted my own elements of my own lifestyle like i do i meditate that's because the scientifically you look at it as you've said you know anyone just look at wim hof and you'll know that's a, like a it's hitting the iceberg but he's just you know he he's like a world record holder on all kinds of different stuff world record for like swimming underwater he trains and um, there's a film i can't what it was but he he's training people to do breathing exercises so they can hold their breath underwater for like way longer than normal people can i think normal is like a minute or two and like he can train you just quite quickly to easily do it for like five or six no problem or train you for longer and you can do it for a bit longer than that and it's like he's this just a guy a scientific guy check him out if you haven't already um but like those concepts meditation you know feeling connected with the universe one thing i quite like to do when i meditate is i lay down personally when i meditate i do breathing exercises you know slow breathe in for as long as i can and then slow exhale for as long as i can and i try and visualize the air particles going into my um, nose because i breathe in through my nose and filling my lungs and the i think vacuole sacs i think they're called um within your lungs and all those filling up and then when i exhale the you know carbon dioxide primarily being breathed out and that kind of thing and i just visually try and do that sometimes i do it with different colors going in like a, or a big arrow like i think i remember from uh school books and things like diagrams <laughs> and just slowly doing that and then thoughts come in and i just I kind of uh, sometimes categorize them and then I visualize me uh, blowing or brushing with a hand like a it's almost like almost like it's written in chalk and it just dusts away and I just think oh that wasn't a pleasant thought oh yeah that's, that's a nice thought oh I'm getting distracted by thinking about Star Wars again move that along and I just focus back on the breathing each time <laughs> I think about something else and I do it for a period of time and to clarify uh, when I'm sober I do this for a period of time and you can if you do it for long enough and you do it in the right frame of mind to a degree you have to be certain times you'll have and you won't be able to meditate as well as you normally can but if you're quite calm and things and you're not too tired you can do it in a sense where you start to lose the feeling of where your skin ends and where the rest of the world is essentially you can the when if you move you have to keep completely still which is one of the hardest parts when you first start meditating because your legs want to twitch and your hands want to move but if you keep dead still i find i lay down and i feel that the connection of what you can feel almost the energy almost kind of coming off you. And part of it is just that feeling the heat because one of our senses is feeling temperature. It's like feeling the heat come off you. But heat is a form of energy. So it's like mm-hmm. when you are literally getting colder, when you have your hands out in the open and you can feel the warmth coming off them, that is literally just energy 
going coming off of your skin and going off so you're literally dissipating energy all the time so i find that when you meditate you can kind of hyper focus on parts of your body and kind of feel things a bit more because you're just shutting down you know a lot of other senses in a way kind of diverting brain power in some ways while the breathing things you know change uh parts of you chemically and then you feel the connectivity with the universe just on that basis again completely sober you feel this and that again kind of furthers into the connectivity i find so I, I want to know, like, what's your experience uh, with meditation? Like, you, you mentioned it before. How do you do it, if you don't mind sharing? And how do you feel when you kind of do it as well? I, I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know if I have a consistent way of doing it. Um, I used to put on meditation music and lay down. Uh, I like meditating outside when I can to absorb the sun mm. uh, because that vitamin D is nice and uh, there's an a theory out there that through the sun's radiation is information that you can absorb physically and mentally. Um, I also stared at the sun for like a lot when I was a child because everyone told me not to do it and like a contrarian little shit. I did it anyway, but when I look back, like my memory of that is just like watching the sun rays come into my eyes and it's like ones and zeros like the fucking matrix just like going right it's like reverse star wars scroll but into my eyes with ones and zeros is how i have that imagery in my head and this was years before i read into the sun brings you energy type of shit so i would do that for a little while and um there's been different types like if you go to youtube youtube first off the university of youtube is amazing for everything um i like to find i go off my feeling you know I, I trust in the force if you will um and i'll look up different youtube uh, uh different meditation musics there are the nine sulfigio frequencies there are alpha uh, the brainwave frequencies there's a pineal gland frequency i actually listen to that every night when i'm asleep um i found that without that kind of music my sleep is significantly decreased and i've been doing this since 2018 wow. so i have enough experience to be like yep uh i slept shitty what happened oh my ipad died in the middle of the night bummer my ipad hours are ridiculous for screen time they're just skewed for sleep so that's one thing i've done and uh then there's pineal gland frequencies though i will say i give a big shout out to that they, they are game changers that actually if i'm exhausted and i can't i don't nap i have adhd tourette's ocd so my brain never really shuts off without my medication if i am at the point where like i'm trying to shut down and i can't in the middle of the day because i've just you know i haven't slept enough i throw on a pineal gland frequency and i'll lay down and i will actually get to a point of rest where like you're talking about i can't feel my body i feel nothing there's the earth and i'm one with the earth and the earth is with me type of energy that's exactly how i feel um then sometimes i have to be moving to meditate i have to do yoga i have to do um animal flow i have to just loosen the body because it's so tight and tense and that is just me breathing and when i work out and I love if I'm in the right mindset, of course, I love to visualize the muscle fibers engaging and I love mm -hmm. to feel the difference between when my joints are hurting on our like one rep, my shoulder might hurt. And then I'll imagine the, the muscles taking on the pressure from my shoulders and 
the next rep will hurt less, right? And it, I've been doing that for years for the same reasons. Then sometimes I just do Wim Hof, right? I've done Wim Hof breathing stuff. First thing in the morning is amazing. I love when you said tip of the iceberg because dude's all about the ice plunge. So um, I, I vary from, from time to time on what I do. Lately, my most recent methods is... Um, I've bounced back and forth lately. I've been a little bit too um, on the go when I wake up. So uh, for a while, I was laying down and I was going through three 10-minute meditations of affirmations. And I would lay there and I would do my best not to think because that's the key for meditation that I found is just don't think about anything specific to the point that you get latched onto it. I love the the swiping away the chalk, I, in my mind, delete it. Like I'm on a phone. I just swipe right, or I guess that'd be swipe left. Um, And that's been very helpful for me, especially when it's an intrusive thought because I have uh, my OCDs, pure obsessive thoughts. There's no main physical compulsions. Um, most of that comes from my ADHD. Be like, did I lock the door? Okay, cool. But wait, did I lock my car? Wait, did I lock my car? Did I lock my car? Bam, 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 bam. Okay. Happens to me all the time. Um, saw a great reel on Instagram about ADHD people forgetting stuff at the house. And I felt very seen and also attacked. Um, so I, I do my best to sit, focus on my breath. That's the key is hit the breath. Um, doing various breathing techniques. Uh, it might be Wim Hof one day. It might be um, a version of box breathing uh box breathing is what the navy seals use um and firefighters for stress relief four in four hold four out four hold four in four hold four out four hold um i've got massive lungs like my lung capacity has always been pretty high as a kid couldn't tell you why just born with it blessed and i um as a kid could hold my breath for 45 seconds to a minute when I started doing Wim Hof, you start out holding your breath for 60 seconds. Then the next is it, Wim Hof videos on YouTube. There's beginners. There's beginner slow. There's intermediate. I don't know if he has an advanced. I like to do the beginner slow because it it's shorter technically. Um, and I'm always pressed on time in the morning. So I do the first one. It's 60 seconds. You can hold it longer if you choose. More often than not, by that point, I'm ready to go. Then there's the second one of 90 seconds. The third one is 90 seconds. That third one, I often like to just hold it for as long as I can and not listen, not think. Um, and visualization is the key for me on meditation. I really love that you have your different ways. Um, there was one day I was like, I don't know. I woke up emotional, like in a weird way. I had a weird dream that was really fucking with me. Um and I could tell I was going to have a little bit of a rough day if I didn't stop that right then and there. So I laid down and I don't remember if I was listening to an affirmation um, video or or not. But I there was a thought that like I am nothing without the earth. I am nothing if I don't live on earth. If I didn't live on earth, how could I exist? My body my soul might exist, but my body would be different. So it would change my experience because of the pain I've been through. It creates this. So I am one with the earth. 
I'm meant to serve the earth. I'm meant to be here and serve the people. That is the whole purpose of my soul coming to earth. And like I, it was just like flowing in, just that was a stream of consciousness thought. And I don't know. I don't know. I lost track of time. It was one of those things where time just failed to exist. And all of a sudden it was like 20, 30 minutes later and I get up and I just start writing my daily affirmations because that's a part of my daily ritual. Um, and it was one of the more transformative meditations I've had. And I've had some crazy experiences. I've ha- I've dripped into past lives. I've experienced myself dying multiple, like multiple lives in a row. It was a very scary thing. Um, and I've had visions of people uh, close to me going through tumultuous times. I think it's the best way to put it. Only to find out a day or so later that like, oh yeah, that actually happened. Like something like that happened to them. It just wasn't exact. You know, it's never specific. It's like they talk about in Star Wars, you know, visions of the future. Careful you must be. Hard to interpret they are. And I think that's a very true statement. Um, and uh, the the key for me with meditation is it has helped take control of my Tourette's. Whereas I didn't realize how out of control it was until I started meditating more specifically. And the more that I can calm the mind, because as you can hear, dear podcast listener, I'm always all over the place. I am a living tangent. Um, And the more that my mind calms down, I'm not a tangent. I'm just, I'm not anything. And there's nothing more free than realizing we're not anything because Nothing is anything. And you want to talk about simulation theory? I mean, I, I say Earth is a simulation. Life is a simulation. All of it is. And it's not bad if it is. Because it's not like, oh, it's a program. It's designed like it's never going to change. You are set on this one path and it'll always be that. It's not how it is. It's the same way as if you play a video game. You have in, you have the same amount of choices in a video game that you do in real life. Playing GTA? You can be a good citizen, you can drive, or you can be a fuckhead and go kill everybody. Like, (laughs) and you have everything, everything in between that spectrum. And that's what life is. Um, I mean, GTA is a little bit geared more towards the dark side of reality, I would say. But then you have stuff like The Sims, right? And you can do all those same things. You have those farming games on YouTube. They're not that different from what we do. And what we are doing could just be and I will argue this in a second, we could just be a video game with someone else at the controller. And like I've been talking about with the soul, the soul is at the controller, but sometimes we, the body inside the game are too powerful for the soul. Mm, powerful's maybe let me rephrase that. We're too chaotic for the soul to get through to our brain to send the messages we need. That's why some people say, oh, they can hear the voice of God. They might. They're, they might be hearing the voice of God through their soul who's telling them what to do. They might be hearing the voice of their guardian angel. Uh, they might be hearing the voice of the future and the past. There's a lot of different theories. They could just be receiving information from space itself. Whatever you want to call it, sometimes we're too chaotic to be able to do that. It's like when you're in a bad mood and all of a sudden... You just want to fight something. You can't figure out why. And then someone says, hey, man, calm down. And you're just like, you telling me to calm down? <laughs> it's just like you're not in a place to listen to another being. 
So in the same way, like your soul can't speak to you. God can't speak to you because you're closed off. The animal instincts have taken over. And in video games, sometimes the programming takes over and you get put into a cutscene that you can't get out of. And I can't believe I just thought of that on the spot. Actually, that's I need to write that one down. That's kind of it's a great explanation to, <laughs> to the times that we're just like, why is this happening to me? Well, sometimes things are fated to exist. In my opinion, um, you have to be put through certain trials and tribulations to grow. And sometimes the same things happen over and over because we don't learn and don't grow. And that I don't know if is even a soul thing or just a life thing on a third dimensional incarnation thing. You know, you are doomed. What is it? If you don't learn from the past, you are doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those where I think that people do have anchor points in their life. Like I speak about it a lot in the podcast and I've said, mm -hmm. you know, my dad passing away, worst thing that's ever happened to me, but it's the best thing that ever happened to my character. And it changed every, it changed the entire course of my entire life. I wouldn't be with Megan right now if it hadn't been for that. Or statistically, yeah. it's just unlikely because I end up dating someone literally because my dad was ill. He did a charity event because he used to be in a band and stuff, got the old band back together, played when he was really ill, which invited my mum's old school friend and she had two daughters and they tried for me to see one of the daughters and I ended up seeing the other one. Um, they wanted me to date the one my age. I went for the one who's five years older than me. <laughs> so I dated nice. her for a while. And so it was one of those where because of dating her and then being with her for a while, then subsequently meeting the next uh, person I dated, then the next person until I got to Megan. Like the anchor point of my life is that Megan can, in, theoretically, Megan could never meet my dad because the only reason I met her is because of my dad's passing. And it's, yeah. that's like an anchor point in my life. And there's certain things that happen to people like they move to a certain place or often tragedy family members pass away or they get you know an animal or they they delve really deep into something like the star wars law for me me delving into that got me more into got me into my star wars podcast i've interacted with more people to do with Star Wars, like yourself because of my star wars podcast and kind of other things mm -hmm. that have splintered off from those but i do believe there are certain anchor points that kind of make you you and i think that my idea of destiny fate or anything controlling i think that it's what it is is i think it might be chaos theory but it's essentially anything that could happen will happen okay but what mm -hmm. my perception of the universe and ex existence is is that in this version of life in the big bang is that i'm here speaking with you thomas about xyz and then however my life goes until i die that's that's it for me when, then the universe ends in god knows how many billions of years and then it recedes back and then it starts again but one thing, just like, or, you know, or maybe even more than one thing, maybe loads of different things, but like, you know, with DNA can't perfectly replicate itself. Nothing in nature is a perfect duplicate. That's the one key thing, which is how evolution mm -hmm. happened or happens. That's how like the, uh, basically the entire existence happens is because you can't do a perfect copy. As soon as you start doing that, you just copy it over and over and over again. And eventually it makes differences. And then they, they splinter off over, uh, you know, millions and billions of years. So every time that happens, that creates a new vessel of time and then a new reality hence another universe and mm. because when the universe ends there is no longer any time and then it recedes and starts again time doesn't occur again until the universe starts again so what ends up happening is you just get these in my mind almost strips or tunnels of just this is existence a b c and because there is no time or any concept they all exist all infinitely because every conceivable decision 
that's ever been made never could get made has already been made it's just where we are is in this one and then in the next one is when a different one happens or in a previous one is when one happened and if i think of them again quite visually in these almost tubes i think it was like those um chinese finger traps you know that you get when you're a kid yeah. just like that is just like the start of the universe and the end of the universe and all those intricate cables that's just it and then the next one is just one one bit different and i just think with that concept i feel like it's not necessarily you know again this is just my own theory my own kind of thoughts on matters is less so that when we die we then get a choice we get to choose xyz is more so that everything already has and it's almost just kind of either in this universe or we will just experience all of them is that who's to say there's not just an infinite amount of experiences that thomas rochester does and you will just go through all of them and there is Mm. such an infinite amount that it's you can never theoretically do them all but also you will already have done them because time is only a concept in this timeline. So it becomes this infinite times infinite mathematical problem. And that's kind of how I view the ideas of parallel universes as well and destiny and all that stuff is like maybe mm. deja vu or prophetic dreams because I've had them, to be honest with you. And, you know, I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to psychic abilities and soothsayers and people being able to predict the future or um, anything like that. But you know memories are made of electricity who's to say Mm. that you can't read someone's mind in theory if you if your brain got the electrical energy that they are sending out and in theory Mm. if you could do that how could that yeah how could that concept be you know uh developed upon but like with the idea of seeing things ahead i wouldn't believe it if i'd heard anyone say i have dreams of stuff that happens in the future i wouldn't believe it because i'm like that doesn't make any sense because you can't but i have Mm. And it's nothing of excitement or interest. I never saw anything of my dad being ill or anything like that. It was it was really, really benign stuff. And I get it like yeah. once a year, maybe. Maybe sometimes a bit more frequently, but generally it's like once a year. Well, I'll just dream something that's really boring and benign. And I'll just think, oh, that was weird. You know, there's weird dreams you get where it's basically like reality, but it's not. And then you wake up from it, you're like, I have to kind of forget what happened in that dream because that's not, that has no relevance to my life. And, you know, and then years later it will happen and it's just like there was one i really remember when i was like eight years old or nine and the dream was me just laying down and looking up and three or four people's heads coming at me again you're right and then there was one specific thing they said and i can't remember what it was but it was it was something that you wouldn't normally say unless you're in that specific situation it was an open evening thing uh, for school and so that that happened and i was like oh that's weird i've never seen those people before they said something weird to me that was a weird 10 seconds or 15 seconds oh well forget and then when i was 14 i think ish i did an open evening with my secondary school and i had my group of friends who were those people that i hadn't seen before and i remember laying on a table while we were waiting because we were done 50 minutes early before the parents started coming and looking at the school and stuff so i just laid on a table and just looked up and then they peered over me and said those things and i was like and then before my friend said the second thing he said i knew i knew exactly what he was going to say and i looked at him and i was like the fuck and then once i kind of realize that that's when the the memory of the kind of thing stopped and some people say it's deja vu or whatever but it's, i've experienced deja vu where feeling like something's the same but mm. i find that with those dreams they're such short snippets by the time i realize what when i'm like wait i've seen this before to even say the thing that's going to happen next it will have already happened mm-hmm. and i've had that quite a few times on lots of little random really inconsequential things so even with that concept where i'm like my science mind is saying that doesn't work but i have literally 
experience that, which might make the sense of where the parallel universe tube thing is that you can just see in this timeline, mm-hmm. you can just see a smidge ahead of that in some way. Or if it's like an echo that's happened so many times, it's just almost like a it's like a, a cookie for your brain. You've mm-hmm. just been in this situation so many times. It's kind of almost a residue thing left there. But that's my kind of thoughts and concepts on prophetic dreams and forward thinking and stuff <laughs> parallel universe all wrapped yeah. in one <laughs> all wrapped in one yeah that was a lot because see that's nice uh some well sometimes sometimes it's nice mine are like slightly compartmentalized the the parallel universes thing not even gonna touch um <laughs> i have i have nothing but theories but none of them are concrete they're all fluid they are just as fluid as time itself i do believe in other dimensions, I think, is a good way to put it. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.